Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I am Eva Venari, founder of the Elevate Institute, your host for this segment of Owning Your Health, where we explore alternative ways to be more consciously aware of truly owning what it takes to take care of your body at work with today's health thought leaders. And our topic today isn't so much a statement as a question, healthy at any weight? And our leading ladies today is Dr. Maylene Avery, board-certified weight loss physician turned metabolic health coach. She's left behind the traditional medical and traditional approaches to fat loss and instead uses a scientifically proven neuro-nutrition framework that focuses on undieting the mind in order to lay the groundwork for metabolic healing. Good afternoon, Maylene, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Eva. So excited to be on. Yeah, this is a great topic, and I'm so looking forward to the conversation. Hey, I know I know. very often you're joined by your partner in crime, Anna Paulich, uh, and she's a health scientist and nutritionist. Um, but we're going to have some intimate time with just you today, and I'm excited. <laughs> we're going to have a yes, great, great conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say, just that, like looking at the details of, of what it is that you do, I mean, I've, I've been heard saying, uh, everything we know about the body is probably wrong, and, and you're making it right. I'm not the doctor. You are, so I'm glad to hear it. Tell us why, <laughs> why everything we learned about fat loss in medical and nutrition school was wrong. You know what, Eva? Um, a couple of years ago, I was struggling with my weight, so I was 45 pounds overweight, and uh, I was doing everything that I was taught in medical school, and unfortunately, it's not a heck of a lot that we're taught, but... You know, the traditional approach is eat less, move more, right? Cut those calories, go on the treadmill, yeah. like just use your willpower. And I did that, and it wasn't working. And I was so incredibly frustrated but so embarrassed at the same time because I was at the time a sports medicine physician. And so my job is really to teach people how to be healthy, and here I was, not healthy at all. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what I Exactly. It was just, it was crazy. And I just felt like such a fraud. So I had to go back to the science and kind of figure out why the heck everything I had taught had been taught about nutrition and exercise and weight management was, was wrong. And what I found was we are not focusing on the right things. So doctors, dietitians, Mm. nutritionists, we harp so much about the weight thinking that's the actual problem when it really isn't. Um, so what I really discovered was that the weight was the symptom of something else. Ah, yes. And it, well, I, I remember we, being in uh, – go ahead. <laughs> no, no, please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a disheartening moment when you go to the doctor. This was years ago for me, and I put on 
10 pounds because I hadn't changed anything. My body was changing, but I, uh, you know, I went to the doctor and I said, Hannah, what's going on? I haven't changed my eating. I haven't changed my workout regimen. Why am I waiting? Why am I getting late? And she gave me those same answers. She said, eat less and exercise more. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. So, so now, yeah. now, now I'm ready to hear more. <laughs> what what yeah. did you learn? Well, and this is the thing is like we give this advice out and the patient comes back and they're like, well, I did what you told me and I gained weight or, and the weight didn't go away. And then we get mad yes. at them and we're like, well, you didn't try hard enough or you're obviously not listening to what I'm telling you to do. But having mm-hmm. been there myself, I know that my patients are actually doing what I tell them to do. <laughs> and so it's, it's really the focus, um, which is all wrong. So we're really focusing on that number on the scale and neglecting something that's deeper, um, which is the root cause of, of most of the chronic modern illnesses, including weight gain. And that's really having to do with metabolic health. So when I talk about metabolic health, what I'm referring to is the complicated biochemical processes, you know, that's run by all of your hormones and, your, and the biochemistry in the body at a cellular level. And um, I think the stat is something like 88% of North Americans have poor metabolic health, which is really why the rates of obesity and diabetes are skyrocketing, right? Even though everybody is mm-hmm. uh, eating less and moving more, right? So something is right. just not adding up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, yeah so from, from our studies in metabolic health, we really started to do a deep dive into one of the hormones called insulin. Um, and a lot of people think of insulin as being a diabetes medication, right, uh, that everyone's afraid of and they don't want to go on. But insulin is actually a hormone that your body produces every single time you eat. Um, and insulin is a, is a fat storage hormone, among other things. And, and really at the, at the heart of it is an overproduction of that hormone, um, which is keeping people stuck in terms of weight loss or diabetes, high blood pressure, you name it. Like all of those chronic modern diseases that we're seeing more of these days all has to do with that insulin um, overproduction. Now, is, is it, I'm thinking about metabolic rate cells that are being made in a way that may not be able to absorb insulin, hence you have the insulin resistance. Is that one of the, is, is, is it just the body not um, listening to, hey, I can't absorb that much, stop making this amount, <laughs> and therefore there's just so much of it in the body? That's what it is. So insulin, it's useful okay. to think of it as an usher. It opens the doors to your cells to let all of the energy that's coming, you know, from food to be used in the cell as energy um, to run every single bodily process. But if you're, okay. if you're making too much insulin, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, right, where nobody listens to him anymore because there's too much of yeah. him around. That's exactly what right. happens. And so we have this big flood of insulin um, that's in the body, but we're not able to let that energy into the cell to process it properly. And so what we do is our metabolic rates tank, right? And we're starting to store fat instead of burn it. And that's what's really getting okay. women especially trapped. Mm-hmm. Now, the solution isn't necessarily some fan-tangled new fruit from the Amazon, is it? We're, we're looking at something more, <laughs> more complicated, right? 
No, the solution is so simple, but medicine just oh. neglects it, right? And so it's really getting back to basics and fueling your body properly. So if we break it down and we look at what really produces that uh, that hormone insulin, well, we know it hap- it's produced every single time we eat, right? And so we're telling yeah. people to eat six small meals a day. Well, that's six instances where your body's going to raise the insulin hormone which puts you into fat storage and not fat burning so all the frequent consumption of meals is one factor the second thing we look at is the, is the macronutrient composition of your meals and so it's either going to be protein fat or carbs right out of those three it's the carbohydrates that really produce that huge rise in insulin protein will do it to a lesser extent and fat nearly nothing and so if you look back at the food pyramid or the Canada food guide, the base of it is carbohydrates, right? And so we're telling people to eat more and more carbs. Carbs get processed into sugar. That's the, the sugar is the thing that's really spiking that insulin. Yeah. So and I, diet- yeah, being from Canada, yeah, that's, that's your standards. And then the United States really is no different. They talk about grains, yeah. legumes, all of that is the base, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And people who are not insulin resistant, they can handle that carbohydrate load. But if you think about it, about 88% of us are insulin resistant, we cannot process those carbohydrates efficiently. And that's where we start running into problems. Okay, so tell me what is the link between a metabolic rate and undieting the brain? What does that mean? Mm. It's, you know what, women have been on some form of a diet since their teens, most of us anyways, right? <laughs> We're always trying to cut calories and lose that weight or keep our weight, you know, keep our figures trim. And so some sort of a diet, which is usually based on restriction. And the studies show that when we go into a calorie deficit, when we're restricting energy, the body has a physiological response where it lowers the metabolic rate. And so what happens is instead of burning energy efficiently, we start to hold on to energy. But because we're, we're restricting so much, we get hungry, right? And so that's why everyone fails their diets because they're hungry, they're tired, they're just miserable, miserable because we're no longer nourishing our bodies adequately. So one of the big things we do in order to ramp up that metabolic rate and start burning fat like crazy is we get women to eat more because I really need you to get all of those nutrients in. I need your body to be nourished so it can run efficiently and we can boost that metabolic rate. So it's all about the high-density nutrients as opposed to volume and even calorie counting. It sounds like calorie counting goes out the window entirely. Correct me if I'm wrong. Calorie counting doesn't work. Um, and there's ah. so many different factors as to why. <laughs> this is really interesting in that, you know, we, we all have different types of gut bacteria living in our colons, right? And some people's yeah. gut bacteria is going to extract more energy, more calories from a certain food than another person, right? And so how do you know how much calories your gut is actually absorbing? So it's really not a mathematical equation. It's, it, that's too simple. It's, it's really there's an underlying kind of chemical symphony that's happening at a cellular level. 
Um, and really what we want to do is undiet to increase your metabolic rate and then fix that macronutrient composition so we're lowering insulin. The moment we lower the insulin production, we flip from fat storage into fat burning. So is this a one-size-fits-all solution, or is there some personalization that we should consider when we're undieting the brain and fixing the metabolic rate? Absolutely. It has to be personalized because people are coming to us with all sorts of different medical conditions, history of dieting, um, you know, emotional uh, triggers around food and things like that. So as coaches, we take everybody, you know, everyone's history into account and adjust accordingly. But most people, I would say the majority of people coming to us needing to, wanting to lose some weight, um, they generally do well with a form of high protein, lower carbohydrate, moderate fat sort of eating plan. We focus on that. We really get them to to train their bodies to eat more protein because women historically have not been eating enough protein. It's kind of like a social conditioning, I think. You know, you go out for a date, you eat the salad. The guy eats the steak. We don't do that, right? Not me. (laughs) I'm the steak girl. I'm the one in L.A. to still eat the steak. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I love it. But, yeah, yeah. We train these women to eat more protein. And what happens is immediately hunger and cravings, like they go down quite uh, considerably. And so women are like, wow, I've never noticed this before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thinking too, there's a a huge correlation that's still left over from, oh, I'm going to date myself. When was fat bad for you? 90s. In the 90s. (laughs) Uh-huh, <laughs> that uh-huh. was the enemy. People trained away from butter. They trained away from, yeah. uh, they wanted yeah. all lean meat. They wanted zero fat milk. But tell us what the, I, uh, you know, this is something that I became intimately familiar with. You need fat to process protein. But tell, tell us the details of that. Like what, what is the way that you can readjust how we learned fat is bad for you into fat is actually good for you? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, especially in the medical community, we're so afraid of cholesterol, right? And so you got these doctors yeah. who are terrified of eggs. <laughs> um, but really, you know, when you think about it, you need cholesterol for every single hormone in your body, right? Everything is made out of cholesterol. Converting vitamin D into a usable form um, of vitamin in your body, you need cholesterol for that. Um, so people run into massive problems when their cholesterol is is too low. And so we tell our, our people, like, don't fear fat. Fat is good for you. Um, fat is really well, what makes our brains run, right? And so yes, such yes, an important yes. macronutrient. When you really look at it, there's essential amino acids, which come from protein, and then there's essential fatty acids. Um, and you can't, your body can't make those. You have to eat them from somewhere, right? What we've done is gone and made these, like, Franken fats, like, um, and highly processed, highly inflammatory fats, like uh, margarine, for example, right? Yeah. So we've, we've kind of gotten so afraid of butter, and now we're eating this chemical um, margarine that really inflames the body to such a, such a significant degree. Um, so that's one of the other things we tell people is, like, yeah, eat your animal protein, but get rid of all of those inflammatory, highly processed fats and just go back to basics, right? What did your grandparents eat? They had butter, they had cream, um, and they were they were doing fine. 
I agree. I agree. Well, we're, we're at the 15-minute uh, mark. and going to take a minute or less <laughs> for a quick commercial break, and then we will be right back with Dr. Bonnie awesome. Avery. Yeah. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be the largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Eva, back to your show. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate that. Wonderful. We are back with Dr. Marlene Avery, and we are talking about how we can be healthy at any weight. Really, really? <laughs> I think we're getting to some, some really good nuggets here. And you, we were mentioning previously before we went to break that the cholesterol scare was so big. And, and there, there are some merits to it, but I think there's been some propaganda. Uh, isn't it carbohydrate and sugar specifically that raises our cholesterol more than fat consumption? Yeah, it's not really the cholesterol that's a problem. It's mostly the triglycerides and, and um, so high triglycerides and low HDL cholesterol, and that's heavily influenced by sugar. Um, when we have uh, when we have high triglycerides, we have low um, HDL cholesterol. We're in this very inflammatory state, and it's really the inflammation that chronic low grade inflammation that's all over the body that sets you yep. up for all of the chronic modern diseases. That's the heart attacks, the strokes, the diabetes, right? All of that has its root in chronic inflammation. Yep. I, yeah, I do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I see it all the time. And it's, it's amazing what uh, a little bit of well-advertised propaganda can do to switch our mindset. And we really have to be our own advocate and know the facts before we buy things and then, you know, do the arm exercises, whatever we put into our mouth matters. So, <laughs> on that note, yeah. yeah, I want to ask this question. It's like healthy at any size. Well, this has been around. Oprah has been up and down the yo-yo, and she talks about, you know, big is beautiful, et cetera. What do you mean about healthy at any size, why that movement may be dangerous for women? Talk more yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, I totally get why that movement is around. It's rebellion against diet culture that's been so harmful for women. I think it's also rebellion against med the medical industry, right, that, that really puts the blame on people, you know, for their terrible advice. Um, oh, yeah. But, and I think, you know what, I love it when women love their bodies. You think about it. Your bodies do so many amazing things, and especially for women. Like, we birth children. We do, like, a whole bunch of stuff. They're amazing beings. Um, but what I think the Healthy at Any Size movement does is it really misses the mark on metabolic health. And so a lot of people don't realize that body fat is actually an endocrine organ, right? So it secretes hormones and inflammation markers and things like that. Um, when I was in sports medicine, um, what would really concern me about people's weight was not the effect that it had on its joint, on the joint mechanically per se. It was really the inflammation that the extra body fat was producing, right? And that reaction on the joint was causing all the pain. So I think that's one of the major mistakes um, with, the, with the Healthy at Any Size movement is it really doesn't take into consideration the fat, body fat being an endocrine organ um, that produces inflammation. 
Um, yeah. And, and really, I, you, you don't you don't hear about that at all. Yeah. No, not at all. And I think people like you know we don't have a good enough solution, uh, at least with the mainstream diet industry or the medical industry, as so people get frustrated. And it's really interesting because I hear a lot of my medical colleagues saying, you know what, I don't even know why we bother weighing our patients because everybody knows <laughs> that, you know, you put them on a diet and it's not going to work. Right. right. And, and well, they're, so. they're over the scale and they're wanting to adjust the scale a little bit, you know, a little bit more to the left, a little bit more. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. And then you have a whole host of physicians as well who struggle with weight, right? And it's just a testament to the fact that the traditional weight loss advice isn't working because it's the incorrect advice. Well, if, if we can't change it at a systemic level, meaning they're not teaching this in medical school, it really comes down to us taking the initiative and seeking out help with people like you. I think that that would be more beneficial. But how, like, how do people find you? Well, you can find us on the Internet. So our website is www.rebel-medicine.com. And we're quite um, active on Instagram, so you can find us there. Our handle is Rebel Medicine. And, uh, and yeah, like, feel free to connect with us, DM us. We're pretty responsive, love to talk to lots of people, and uh, we have lots of, um, you know, good tips and, and free advice on, on our platforms. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, 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 uh, this is no longer the information age. It's the how does this information affect me? And your business seems to be the pinnacle of that, and what a great way to do it. So I'm curious to know, we've mentioned it a few times, and I haven't, I haven't really honed in on it because this is also the crux of chronic illness too, is uh, emotional, mm, let's call it weight, that sits on us unprocessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned it a few times. Yeah, so, what, so tell, let's dig into this. What, what are the things, not losing weight, but what should we actually be focusing on instead? Yeah, the the main thing that we should be focusing on is our relationship to food, right? It's such a complicated um, issue, but a lot of us have these really wonky relationships with food, probably brought around by you know our involvement in diet culture uh, since a since a young age. Um, so we want to kind of give people food freedom. That's one thing. Um, the second thing is there's a lot of issues with food addiction out there. And there's many doctors, mm-hmm. in fact, who don't believe that food addiction is a thing. But if you really think about it, you look at the, 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 um, the chip companies, bet you can't eat just one, right? Yeah. These companies are, are chemically <laughs> modifying, highly processing, uh, processing these, these food-like substances to get us hooked so we buy more, right? Um, so that, there's a whole issue with food addiction uh, there. And then, you know, a lot of us have these maladaptive habits that are just hardwired in our subconscious mind. Um, and it takes effort um, and oftentimes coaching and support and accountability to be able to, un, un, you know, rewire the brain and lay down new habits. So we do a lot of work with that. That's our kind of neuronutrition, really focusing on the relationship with food, uh, thoughts around food and, and things like that. Now, as far as thoughts around food and possibly even I'm going to pull out the word trauma-related incidents, like we reach for food for comfort, right? So yep. what, what's, the, what's the number one 
compl- not complaint, but habit? What's, what's the number one trend that you see in the inner thoughts of people's minds? Like what, what could most people relate to right now about, about food and, and why we can't just have one chip? What is that all about? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different um, angles of attack, I would say, but a lot of people kind of fall into that, just that mindless habit, right? And I think that's a Mm -hmm. reflection of our society, and especially for women, you're doing like a billion things at once, we just don't have the time, or we don't make the time to sit still and, you know, sit with our thoughts or sit with our emotions, right? We just, we get uncomfortable with that. And so we reach for the, you know, the food um, um, to comfort ourselves or distract ourselves or, or, you know, alleviate the boredom. And so we do a lot of mindfulness work uh, with our clients, just, you know, giving them permission to sit with the emotion. We do a lot of work with, inst- um, with you know, getting rid of instant gratification and things like that as well. Um, one of the tricks that your listeners might find useful is, you know, the urge to snack hits you. Well, what we tell our clients is just set a timer on your iPhone or whatever for five minutes and just sit with that feeling. And see what happens after the timer goes off. In most cases, that urge to snack is gone. And so, you <laughs> know, you can, you can really, yeah, yeah, you can train your body um, <laughs> to kind of just, you know, go for longer periods of time without, you know, the junk food. The other thing we find um, that's really interesting is I always tell people that cravings are like stray cats. If you keep feeding them, they keep coming back. <laughs> so we yeah. tell our clients these little little tidbits, right, just to put things in context and say, you know what, these feelings may come, but they're okay, right, and we can help you work through them. And if you usually give it a little bit of time, they will dissipate and go away. Um, and so you know, learning, learning that and learning how to be comfortable with those emotions and things like that is a big thing that we focus on. Yeah, that is that is comes hand in hand with the instant gratification mindset that we've been trained into, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, fun, fun. So I know that you have a free gift for our listeners. Tell us more about the uh, the eight simple rules and where they can get it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you head to our website, rebel-medicine.com, you can download our eight simple rules for fat loss. This is our exact protocol for fat loss. And I guarantee it, if you do use these tips, like you will get results. Um, so no holds barred, like we don't hold anything back. Our method is out there um, for people to kind of try out and, and see uh, how it works for them. Wow, that's a strong statement. Guaranteed to work. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because it's treating the actual problem, right? When we actually treat the problem instead of trying to, like, temporarily get rid of a bunch of symptoms, that's when we make headway. And that's when we can really start to tackle the issue at hand, right, which is your metabolic health. I always tell people, you know what, you have so much more power with your knife and fork to change your health than I do with my prescription pad. Um, and so, Thank you. you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, distract your power. Yeah, Take yeah that, that's being your own advocate, but it's also, um, it, it's not saying, hey, to, to, to heck with, with all medicine, because that's not what we're saying here at all. It's that let's use medicine for what it's really needed for and for things that we have power and control over. Well, well why not? Why not take Absolutely. that initiative? Why not be a part of the, the dialogue? There you go. 
Yeah. So the the other thing, uh, now I mentioned earlier that there's a need to be um, specific and even individual. So what kind of testing are you using to to capture the necessary data? Yeah. Well, um, because we're in Canada and a lot of our clients are down in the States, I can't really order things for them. But what we do is give them a guide as to what they can discuss with their, with their physicians. One of the tests that I find extremely useful to get done is a fasting insulin level. Um, and okay. what this tells you, like, and a lot of times people think, oh, well, you know what, my blood sugar is fine. So they assume their insulin is fine. But in clinical practice, when I used to check these, like, I would say 80% of my patients would have high fasting insulin, but their blood sugars were normal. Right. And so, you know, when you diagnose people with things like diabetes, for instance, we wait until the blood sugar is high. But we know that about 10 to 15 years prior to the blood sugar being elevated, their fasting insulins were elevated. Right. So we're kind of catching things a little bit too late, in my opinion, which is why I love that blood blood test, the fasting insulin. So useful if you can get one. That makes sense. If you go back to what we were talking about earlier and cell absorption or impermeability of the hormone. So if the body's making the regular amount of hormone, but the cell isn't absorbing it, you're going to find a high amount in the blood. So that would be a great time to catch it. Absolutely. Is that the idea? Absolutely. Okay. And a lot of people are like, right. you know what, like my blood sugar is normal, my cholesterol is normal, everything's normal, but I just can't lose the weight while we check the fasting insulin. And so then I tell them, listen, we're not treating your weight right now. I'm just looking at getting that number down. And you can see that number come down quite nicely with a low-carb approach. And it comes down quite fast for most people. Like within three months, you can see it cut in half for, for the majority of people. Okay. So yeah. that's how I know we're, you know we're making progress. And so we got to get that hormone down before the weight can come off. Makes sense. I love it. This is all very it's tactical advice that nobody is really talking about. And I think it's high time that we do this. I really appreciate all this information and being a guest on the show today. Thanks for having me, Eva. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. That's the end of our show. And a special thanks to all of our listeners as well, both in the U.S. and international. We are everywhere. And we'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show. We're on... um, Well, Mondays and Fridays for sure, but I know we have other dates coming up. 9 a.m. on Mondays, 2 p.m. on Fridays, Pacific time always. It's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend. This is Eva Venari, founder of the Elevate Institute, reminding you to question everything. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.